What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Paving a Path Podcast. And on this episode, I have Mr. Aaron Wall. He owns a company by the name of A Wall Pedals here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I was I got done playing a gig here in town with the Highway Natives and Mr. Bobby Danzi, who is a former native uh, guitar player extraordinaire, was there, and we got to talking. And he's getting ready to leave town, so uh, a couple of us went back to Bobby's house for a little party. And um, that's where I met Aaron. Aaron was hanging out, and we all got to talking. And Aaron had mentioned that uh, you know he he makes pedals, he does modifications on pedals, and I was like, man, I'd love to uh, I'd love to talk to you about that. I think that'd be pretty cool. I think people would enjoy it. And he said, yeah. And so here we are. He came on, talked about a lot of good stuff, talked about going to school at Berkeley, talked about his pedals, internships, Nashville, all that good stuff. And uh, he's, he's an awesome person. So let's get right into it. This is episode 14, Mr. Aaron Wall of AWOL Pedals on Paving a Path podcast. All right, dude, we're live. Awesome. Yeah, dude, thank you. Uh, seriously, I know the weather's like freaking terrible. Yeah, it's crazy today. Yeah. I felt so bad when I when I thought I was going to beat you here, and then, uh, you know, I got caught up. I had to pick my guitar up, and you know how that goes. You yeah, no worries. Talking to somebody, but... I got to ask, who does your uh, guitar work? Because I, I know a few guys. Well, I just used... This is literally the first time I've used this guy. Um, his name is Scott uh, St. Dennis. Scott St. Dennis. He, he runs Harpeth uh, Guitar Restorations, but it's literally off of Sawyer Brown over here, which is like five minutes from okay. my house. So for me, he was suggested through a friend of mine um, of, of the band, and he was like, hey, man, because I had taken it. I don't want to say where, but I had taken it somewhere else twice, and they just didn't fix both times what gotcha. was going on with it and so i didn't i was like you know what i need to try somebody else and everybody kept telling me to go to joe glasser or glazer but the time between me and the day and the time they're open it, it was just going to be hard and it's on like the other side of town sure yeah so i was like man this is five minutes from my house this That's guy's awesome. got great reviews his website's awesome he's very thorough I show up, and Scott is just so extremely knowledgeable about everything, man. Love that. And, uh, you know, he's just talking to me about all these things and his projects. He, it's just personal. And then I pick it up just a second ago. I played it. We plugged it in. Man, it was phenomenal. He redid so many things on it that I was like, I didn't even ask, and he didn't really even charge me that much. So That's great. Highly recommend that guitar, uh, Harpeth Guitar Restoration for you guys out there. Pow. But uh, yeah, man, I want to talk about you. Sure. And I know we talked a little bit at uh, Chris and Bobby's place the other night, but I kind of want to start from the beginning. And, you know, before we get into school and all that, where are you from exactly? Um, I'm originally from the Northwest, Pacific Northwest, so Washington State, Seattle area. Ooh, yeah. Lived out there um, most of my uh, most of my life and kind of... Yeah, traveled a little bit. We, we talked Dolan. about that, didn't we? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it was fuzzy that night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of, of course. Yeah, yeah, man, that's awesome though. I mean, how long? So, you know, before we jump ahead, I know you had moved from there to go to school at Berkeley. Did you go to Berkeley in California or no? I went um, to uh, Ber- Berkeley College of Music in Boston. Got you. Um, just for a short while, just for short semesters, and then uh, 
yeah, I was kind of figuring it out. And do they have a Berkeley in California? It's a different Berkeley, I think. It's, it's a different. It's a Ber- <laughs> it's like EY instead of EE. So it's like I think uh, they have. I think they they're a little more like a comprehensive standard university rather than like a music focused gotcha. uh, school. But I'm sure they have yeah. incredible music programs yeah. as well. Okay. Yeah. I need to do my research. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. So when you were growing up in the Northwest, um, have you always like played music growing up or? Uh, you know, it's funny. I kind of uh, didn't really start that young. I think my parents tried to push like violin on me and piano and stuff like that as, you know, parents do. I didn't want your yeah. kid to learn an instrument. Wish um, mine did. <laughs> That's that's what how I feel now because yeah. I feel like I would be a much better guitar player. Dude, yes. Um, but picked up a guitar around like uh, 12, 13, 14, around then. Um, I think a lot of I think a lot of young men do that and kind of have the awkward phase in middle school and is like, I gotta play an instrument, you know, yeah. I gotta be cool type yeah. of situation. And I definitely just kind of was starting to listen to music more and more at that age and being an an aware listener, not just listening to what my parents listen to, right? Yeah. Um, and kind of got into rock music and guitar and did you, so you, you kept playing? Cause for me, man, I picked up the guitar in middle school because my grandfather played and he had a guitar at the house and I said, F this, like it was yeah. just way too, you know how it is in the awkward phase, like you're talking about. So you, you kept at it. You stayed with it the whole time. Yeah. I got lessons. Um, and I remember, um, like my parents will even tell you the first six months or nine months of that was like zero improvement, like yeah. pretty much wasting the money on lessons as far as like it looked. Right. right. And then it kind of just like eventually kind of came together and clicked and, uh, you know, kind of started playing the instrument and reading tabs and understanding things. And I think with guitar, especially, I feel like it has to kind of come together a little bit like that just cause like fretting is weird and like, you know, remembering your chord shapes and then moving around the neck is weird. And then what's even weirder is strumming. Like strumming is <laughs> awkward for a whole year, right? And then you kind of do the singer songwriter up and down yeah. thing before yeah. you're kind of just like, you just know what I mean? You're just, just letting natural. it. Exactly. It doesn't feel natural. Exactly. It doesn't yeah. feel natural for probably like a year or right. so. You yeah. Know? And then you're like, oh, okay, I can strum the guitar now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, for sure. There's like definitely that phase. And Where, did you, uh, did you start on electric? Started on electric. Um, I had uh, a mini acoustic, I think it was like a Fender or Squire or something. And then I also had a, uh, a Fender Strat, a made in Mexico Strat. Yeah. Like were 2004 you, or something like that. Were you always like pretty much fascinated with the electric side of things though? Yeah, I liked, I liked how um, different they all sounded. Like now I think, you know, lots of different instruments sound different, but... Um, it's, uh, it's just easy probably... Because you can kind of modulate a lot of things. So much, yeah. You can get the sound, like all these weird sounds, whereas in an acoustic, you know, you kind of can, but... You're kind of stuck with how the instrument's built, you know, acoustic being like a built-in cabinet for, you know, for the strings. Whereas like the electric, you can swap out pickups, you know, you can, if it's a bolt-on, you change the neck, you can change the volume or tone pot, change how it's wired, you know, Get change, crazy. change yeah. capacitors, put some people put effects in their guitars. And then there's all of that world and amps and, <laughs> yeah. and pedals. And so I felt there was so much more variance in electric guitar. And of course I was 13. So I wanted to rock out of course. Of and course. yeah. Yeah. Gotta get the chicks, man. Yeah, of course. What kind of music sure. were you listening to back then? Um, I was listening to, uh, really liked Switchfoot. I really liked, um, okay. 
Third Eye Blind. I really Hell liked. Yeah, <laughs> I really liked, uh, and then like some of my dad's music that I kind of got into, like ZZ Top. Oh and yeah, he Queen was a classic and, rocker and, yes, type of guy. Absolutely, that's and super cool, man. My mom listened to the Beatles a bunch, and they were they were very supportive of like the whole like rock and roll music and stuff, and we're all like completely fine with that yeah so you were born and raised out west so in seattle like are your parents still out there and stuff or? uh they're in salem oregon so they're like a few hours south I of you. that but still kind of where we know and love and yeah same area yeah so what did you study at berkeley i actually went in um studying songwriting went in just because i was fascinated by like what makes a hit and you know like yeah just like these massive writing teams that uh pop stars had and yeah. you know like shellback and mac uh max miller and you know all these all right. these people right um was that your goal ultimately <laughs> not really um i think like i just wanted to learn more about it and stuff i was just uh enamored and fascinated by the whole thing and right. like by uh just how uh how analytical you could be about something that seems completely art you know what I mean? And yeah. it was, um, and it, it very much is that the school is very much dissecting all these different nuances of sure. music and putting a name for everything. By the book. Yeah, yeah. It, it very much is. Even if, though it's like a very like jazz theory based right. school, it's still like very much, uh, very much that. And, um, yeah. And I kind of studied that for a while and I liked it and I liked it. And after a while I just kind of, um, it was interesting. I found myself like not liking some of the same music that that I know that I love just because of like understanding it more and more and like, uh, dissecting it and writing down the form of it, you know? And, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of music I found I loved was like very simple and straightforward and not that that's a bad thing. You know, it just, it just, I didn't like, uh, I wasn't loving my approach to music at the time. I didn't like how it was like dissecting instead of just like enjoying. Isn't that crazy? I feel I mean, I I felt like I went through that too, but I feel like a lot of people go through that. Sure, yeah. And and I feel like you definitely have to to realize what you truly enjoy and what you want to do, you know, because, I mean, if you're going to sit there and say, okay, this is how I was taught to do it, but it's art, and at the end of the day, I don't really like doing it that way. Right. You know, am I going to be happy constantly doing this? I don't know. Maybe if you get a number one hit, you're paying the bill. Sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It might might pay your uh, house for ten years until you yeah. gotta write another one or whatever. But, but um, yeah, are, I didn't like I didn't like that. You know, I, did, yeah. I guess I just didn't want to uh, do that with my life. And I, um, and I thought the idea of like waking up every day and trying to like manufacture a hit or manufacture a, a good song based on the perception of other people just didn't sound fun anymore. And I didn't feel like I could necessarily actively shake that, uh, understanding very well, you know, like once it's there, you know, and, uh, that was a little hard and I just kind of like didn't love it as much, but these like things that I wanted to do, um, more and more, um, like with making a new pedal or making a completely new sound, you know, back to the electric guitar, I really liked that you could, have so many more like uh artistic i guess nuances of of that sound and it was like so so subjective like yeah. it um it didn't my my problem with the, the being so analytical about songwriting was it kind of um it didn't feel as subjective anymore it sure. felt it felt like very much like an argument sometimes right um but 
with like pedals and amps and guitars, I always felt like even if there were people saying this was great and this was bad, it always like felt subjective to me. It always, always, always felt that way. It's a personal love. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Were you, when did, you know, the pedals as far as like building them, not necessarily, I'm just talking about like the very first beginning of you like modulating a pedal or building it. Was that going on while you were at Berkeley? Yeah. So um, like kind of uh what I used to do for money. And I kind of did this a little bit before going to school too, but, um, I would just like build different circuits and from schematics that I'd find online and modify them and change some things, put two pedals in one that weren't necessarily already like that. And, um, was kind of just building custom like made to order pedals for a lot of the students and for a lot of, um, people in Boston and was kind of doing that as a hobby, like more and more. And, uh, it was just like pursuing that little by little. And then, um, eventually I had, when I, when it started like really feeling like I should move on and, you know, figure it out and definitely didn't want to get a songwriting degree at that point. Um, I was looking into, okay, maybe I can do this pedal thing. Like this is something I I really love. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up applying to work at a couple different places in Nashville uh, having visited here once before and uh, two different independent pedal builders uh, hit me back and were like, you know, I like your work and stuff. I've seen your Facebook page or whatever. Yeah, I would love to figure something out. And uh, in the middle of winter, I was like, I'm not registering for classes. I'm out of here, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I kind of yeah. I kind of made the decision to leave within a month wow. at that point, you know, because I had um, kind of gotten tired of school and was had decided that at the beginning of winter I would either uh, I would not register for classes and I would work somewhere in Boston and just hang out or whatever till my lease was up or whatever or I would figure out the lease situation and you know sure do do a lease break or whatever and get out of there and make pedals in Asheville so I I chose the latter and it's it's been great since man I can imagine because going at that point in time when you're you're saying uh you know, it usually, it took about a month, I guess you were saying, um, when you, did you know, when you made that decision, did you feel stressed out at all? Like how the hell am I going to break this lease and get down there to Nashville? Or was it more of like a, it just kind of fell into your lap type of thing? Uh, A little bit of both, but I was absolutely stressed out, honestly. Um, it didn't feel, uh, I want to be clear that it never felt like this is the destiny and goal for my life. I have to do this exact thing. It felt like this is the next stepping stone. This is what makes sense now. This is what, um, is good for me and my mental health now. And I have to like make that decision. And like we were talking about moving somewhere, especially Nashville, it's like, you have to move fast and you have to make decisions sometimes really fast. So, um, yeah, made that decision. Um, my dad was super nice enough to fly out and help me move. Man. I would have had to do the, like the whole U-Haul and pack everything in the snow by right. myself or with like a friend. Yeah. And he... Boston's a haul. Oh, yeah. Boston <laughs> uh, Boston and Nashville is... Yeah, that's a drive. Yeah. It's a cold one, too, if you're doing it in January. Right. What is it, like 14 hours, something like that? Yeah, I was going to say like 16 or so. I got yeah. you. Yeah. Man. Woo! So who was... Who was uh, can you talk about the cat that you said, the independent guy that you came down here Yeah, sure. With? So I... Uh, I ended up um, choosing one of them. Um, he was, uh, his name is Aaron Tomberlin uh, of Nose Pedal um, down in Franklin, Tennessee. And I uh, 
I worked with them for a while and then he ended up uh, selling his company to another pedal company in, I think, like North Carolina or something like that. And this is also like um, they had found out they were going to have a baby, like their first. And so it's kind of like a, it was kind of a transition, transition for transition for them and, and for me, you know, yeah. um, like not working with them anymore. Cause he was just like, okay, I don't know if I want to do the pedal thing anymore. Yeah. I want to figure out being a dad and stuff. And, and this was a paid gig. Yeah. So yeah. this was like, I was there, I was there like four days a week, five days a week. So yeah. it was like, it was my full-time job. Sure. Um, and yeah, it was, uh. It was really good, and I did that for like eight months or something like that. Still on super good terms with them, and yeah, yeah, talked to them every once in a while, and that's cool. Yeah. I meant to ask you before you left Berkeley, and you were like building all these pedals for for people, you know, students that were just asking, were you charging then, or was it still just like a hobby thing? Uh, I was, yeah, I was making money on it yeah. then, and I was still like, uh, that was kind of like a side hustle type of situation, but um, of course always getting friends opinions and making stuff for my friends and yeah yeah when i can you know uh and yeah. still do that it's still that way you know whenever i have like something new i'm trying out i have friends over to hear it and of course man. they're gonna get a prototype or yeah a, a finished product when it's done and that's so. rad that you have that you know you gotta have that personal love and it always yeah. it always comes back to the passion like you're saying so what what was next after uh you know that in not necessarily the intern but a paid internship almost you kind of say something like that because you're yeah, working yeah. for an independent guy and he was showing you some things it was the so. only employee type of situation yeah. yeah yeah so what happened after that um after that I kind of uh was still figuring it out hadn't really developed my like brand yet really hadn't put that much thought into um like being like the pedal guy and like running the whole thing you know I, I knew I liked to build pedals and like develop sounds but I didn't necessarily have that like I didn't feel like I necessarily had that entrepreneurial blood where I was like I have to make it my thing you know um but around that time I uh started driving uber and I did that for like a year and a half and then while I was doing that I was working at a local music store here um and doing like some pedal repair and stuff like that and yeah um, so I did that for a short time and kind of, um, uh, enjoyed it, but like, it was more of just like a break from figuring things out. And then eventually I kind of developed more ideas and was kind of into different things about pedals and into like the branding and more of the marketing and like all the like, you know, art stuff of, about it. And yeah. that got me reinvested in it. And of course, uh, from then kind of took a took a stab at it while working those other jobs and then eventually stopped doing those other jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Were you when you came here when you how long ago did you first move here? I moved here uh late January beginning of February of 2016. Gotcha. Were you playing any music out here or were you kind of just like no? Nah, Not really. I mean um yeah, I had kind of I kind of had a few offers and stuff for like like being like a lead guitar player or something like that. And, yeah. Um, and it's not that I don't like doing that. It's just that I wanted to kind of explore something like weirder and some, you know, something a little more bizarre, like pedal building. And I thought, uh, being good at it, like after, after a while, of course, uh, was really enjoyable. And like, I liked that I could be such a big part of someone's sound or someone's like developing, music or recording music, uh, right. use, you know, pedals used in a studio in, in that sense. I really liked how I could contribute in that way. And yeah. like, I was like a completely different way to 
it's kind contribute, of, you know. It's kind of psychological almost, you know, because you're like, that's my sound that I created. Yeah, oh, it's really it. cool. Yeah, I yeah. love I love that. Like, I love that feeling um, when I hear, like, someone used it on this recording or, like, so-and-so got to hear the pedal or blah, blah, blah. I love yeah. all that. And that's, like, it's not that I don't like playing guitar anymore. It's just that, like, I didn't think I had, like, as distinct of, like, a sound right. when I play guitar. I just kind of play guitar. Right. Um, but it was, like cool to see like how personal it could be to like provide a part of the sound to other people i want to ask you kind of like a business networking type of thing because i mean how does so you you know you get to town and you're you were doing what you were doing with uh aaron and how do you how do you get clients like you just go out and meet people like everybody else or what do you what would what was your process with that um so Meeting clients, I think a big part of it was um, just like knowing as many musicians as possible because they all know each other. Um, and that's and Nashville has the beauty of feeling kind of like a small town where that community really knows each other yeah. very well. And, you know, and, you know, when your friends are doing well, you're doing well, they bring you up kind of situation. Um, so. It was like going to shows, you know, meeting guitar players, meeting guitar players' friends and stuff like that, Um, going to music stores, uh, social media, like Instagram and Facebook, obviously, because every once in a while, someone who's commenting or DMing you is like, hey, I'm in Nashville too. And it's like, awesome, you know, and make that connection, get lunch, get coffee or something like that, you know, and I did a lot of that and then just kind of grinded it out and I'm still grinding it out and yeah yeah hey that's that's life man it is that's like the crazy thing is here i mean you can unless you're you know extremely freaking you know on another level of success like taylor swift you constantly and even she still works hard as hell you know you constantly gotta be working no matter what you're doing let's talk about so when you when you got here and you started doing your own pedals, did you make like a certain amount and then just kind of like start going out and be like or telling your friends like, hey, check this out? Or did you have somebody come to you and you built one specifically for them? Or is there two cases where it's like that, but just different instances? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I would say it was probably more uh, the former of like having uh, stuff that I just wanted to, people to check out and see what it was worth and you know like um i remember some of my early like pedals i made some of my early like utility pedals i made um i think i brought them to a music store and was like i gave them to them i'm pretty sure i was just like here you go like yeah just if they sell they sell if not no worries and then you know type of situation where if if they sell they're gonna contact me and buy them you know um and that's what happened and um, so, and that's also a good way to like gain like self-awareness when you're like really like early on in the situation like that. Like I was where it's like, like, is this good? Are, exactly. Yeah. Are these yeah. any good? Are they, are they worth buying? Are they priced well? Do they look okay? You know, right. there's like so many factors that go into making a physical product, of course. But, um, yeah, I think, I, I think I did right by myself by going in with very little expectations on that sort of situation yeah. and just kind of like, and then, um, you know, providing an, as much value as I can and giving as much as I can and gave a lot of free pedals out early on and still do, you know, and yeah. just like, try this out, try this out. Let me know what you think. Yeah. You don't have to necessarily post a photo on Instagram of it or a video of it or anything like that. You can, if you want, 
but I would love to know how yeah. you think it sounds. It sounds like that's kind of exactly. Yeah. And then and then it like and then it makes it more fun and back to the enjoyment of pedals. It's like, oh sick, someone brought over a new pedal, let's plug it in, you know? And yeah. it's like that's the fun about the pedals and pedal community. I would think as the like the musician on the other end of that, that's badass because you're like, damn, like nobody else has this pedal and I'm getting to use it first. Yeah, totally. You know? When you when you took them into those stores, you know, in the beginning, obviously, like they sold, right? I mean, how long did that take? Um, the first store I had went to, it took, I'm gonna say, a couple weeks mm-hmm. or like within a month. Um, and then, was there know, ever any point within that time frame that you were like, "Damn, I wonder what the hell's going yeah, on"? Yeah, some of them, some of them didn't sell, and then you just, you know, and it's like not a or like they didn't sell in time to get a call back and you know sure they're, they're of course dead leads and stuff um yeah you can't let that dissuade you from uh going and yeah. you know you can't let the no get in the way of the ask you of know course. type of situation but of course um shit i mean the fact that they sold that's already great right yeah there. no yeah. totally yeah it's, it's and going in with little uh, little to no expectations really helps with that <laughs> when, when you're starting seriously because you like uh yeah you you show up and you know if you say you give it give your product to like 10 places or whatever and you hear back from two of them like awesome hey, yeah two people like it you know what i mean and exactly. like and uh they'll the people who like it are probably going to be more willing to tell you what they like about it and what they don't like about it because then then that becomes a uh, opportunity for a conversation with a very like invaluable feedback and stuff yeah. like that like a yeah um i've heard it said that a well thought out critique of your work is worth gold oh, and, yeah. I, and i feel that way definitely like Absolutely. like if people like took the time to care about it enough to like assess it and understand it and use it in different ways and stuff yeah. like that those are the people who you want feedback from because they care about your stuff right and if you don't take their feedback serious or critiquing serious and you know you're probably not going to prosper as much um do you have stores right now that you're you're sending to regularly or um yeah i have uh stores in town i, I haven't really branched out much like uh sure in the nation but how, uh, many, how many stores you got in town that you're i have fanny's uh and east side music supply that i that i sell and then sometimes carter vintage i got um, like when i yeah when i have some other stuff but uh yeah they're they're great they move my pedals yeah. um i like selling direct just because i get a larger cut like uh it's 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 fairly common for of course uh, yeah pedal you know pedal shops or guitar shops that are mom and pop shops to take uh, 30 35 percent um which ends up being a lot you know um yeah. after all but it's it's cool to help out a store and they're helping you out and that's yeah. kind of like i really like that about nashville and part of the community it is and they're like it's not only that they're like willing to do that it's that they're like excited about doing that and they're like yes we get to support somebody who you know this is feeding this person by by selling this pedal yeah um and you know and it's a shop that gets to stay open because they're selling more things so right right right. so i just gotta ask have you ever have you ever dropped like a pedal off a pedal off at a shop and something goes wrong and they call you back and you're like shit (laughs) um I think there was one time that happened that, that I could remember. Um, I, I, I and I know better now because I remember I dropped this specific pedal, like mm-hmm. like not like lightly, like dropped it like yeah. on the concrete, um, and it like 
banged up one of the jacks pretty badly. And I was like, that's probably bad, but yeah. I'm just going to wing it. Yeah. See what happens. And it, yeah. And it was, and, uh, sure enough, it like pushed part of it in to like yeah. touch something else that made a short. So it needed a, a new jack, right. you know? I'm sure when you drop another one, you're like, no, we're going to fix it. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> that's, how, that's how you learn. That's on me, you know? And I yeah. love, and I, I love that about it. Um, you know, there's it's like all part of the process. It is. There's no, uh, there's like no shortcuts like that. You know, you get to like, yeah, I tried to take a shortcut and, <laughs> yeah. and, and it didn't, work, and out it didn't so work out. I had to go take it home and fix it, you know? And, yeah. and that's how you learn. So are you working out of your house or? Yeah. So I, uh, I rent a place in, uh, East Nashville. Yeah. Um, it's me and two roommates and I've been there for three years, three of my four years in Nashville now. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was checking out your Instagram, man, and if, if you're doing most of the work, I guess you got a little workstation in there. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it looks so, rad. Thank you, yeah. So um, my situation there is, like, this house I've been in, um, they've been super supportive of having me, like, there, like, doing the business thing. And, like, a, around a year and a half ago, they they were like, hey, you use this room a lot, like, uh, like a lot, and you love what you do, and you're trying to do the business here, and this is the only thing you're doing now would you like to rent this room as well as your bedroom, you know? And oh, like, man. you know, so I ha- I rent two rooms out of it and yeah. they gave me like a ridiculously good price, Yeah, you know, on it. Man. And, uh, what great people, man. Yeah. They're awesome. And, uh, yeah. So I love, I love that space. It's like a whole, basically like a dining room, like the entire front room of the house is mine and it's, yeah, it's my shop. And it also gives me like a, um, like a space to create when it comes to content, like photo and video. And also gives me a space to have guitars and amps and have guitar players or artists come over and try new things and, exactly. and like hang out and like, right. Oh, check this out. This, you know, like, and yeah, just show stuff. Yeah. So who was, uh, we, we don't have to say who, but like, what was the first build you had for just a random client? Like somebody you didn't know. Oh, uh, like before getting here or like, no, just here, just here. here in um, I've built a few of the, they're called like true bypass loopers or loop switchers. They're mm-hmm. like, they're, you know, the strip on the front of your pedal board that has a bunch of switches that right. kind of does the routing and stuff for you. Um, people seem to be into that and um, I can understand why it's like cleaner routing, your signals louder overall and cleaner. And then also like everything's on the front row. So if you're singing and playing, the guys who are singing and playing guitar love those because it's, everything's in the front row. You know, this is it's easy to song get to. A, song B, you yeah. know, exactly. You know, you know what your presets are and you can just hit buttons at the front row instead of having to do a bunch of tap dancing and whatnot. Do you, do you think that's becoming more popular? Um, not more popular, but depends. I think, yeah, I think people are like woke now to like the benefit of that and stuff like that. It's not necessarily like my favorite thing, but I... I understand like the reasoning behind it, and I definitely think it's beneficial for singers who play electric guitar as well, just because it's yeah, it just makes it so much simpler, right? You know, and when you get and get to the top, top, you have your guitar tech switching the things on MIDI for you, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't even have to worry. Yeah, about you don't it even touch point. anything. You're like, I didn't touch that. Why does it sound like this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's cool. So you did that, and um, do you do you find yourself like a lot of because I've talked to a couple of people about this uh, in town because the business side of things is so annoying sometimes, yeah. you know, and gaining clientele and all this other stuff. And you're like, 
you know, you're, you're probably constantly thinking of ways like, how can I market myself? How can I definitely keep like money coming in strictly so I can keep doing this? Uh, do you find most of your clientele comes from like word of mouth and like friends and people like saying, Hey man, you got to check out this guy. Word of mouth is absolutely massive, I will say. And, um, the thing about word of mouth is it travels so much farther nowadays because of the internet, you know, um, type of situation where it's kind of like how a restaurant will have 200 people satisfied, perfect experience. One person had a bad experience and they're the one person to leave the Yelp review. You know, yeah. all the two, the 199 positive experiences <laughs> won't even leave a review typically, right? right? <laughs> right. But like the one person who's upset will, right? Oh, yeah. So I think... That's a good um, point. That's a good point. So word of mouth travels far. And I think, yeah. so that means you need to be on your game and you need to uh, produce well and provide a lot of value. And, yeah. um, and if you give it 110 and really go the extra mile for the client, you know, they're way more likely to recommend you to someone else. And yeah. uh they're way more likely to buy your next thing that you come out with. Right. That that happens so much. You know, you get so many repeat customers and that's, you know, the whole, uh, what is it, like 80% of your business is people, uh, re- return customers or whatever, yeah. like, you know, yeah. uh, that saying. But it's and so it true. really is true. But yeah, yeah. yeah. It um, is true, man. I mean, that goes for like so many different things though, too. Even like music or art or any type of art, you know, if you got somebody that comes to your show you go to a town you've never been to before, they hear you, and they leave, and like two days later, they talk to their friend, like, man, you got to hear this band, you know, and then they come out the next time, and it's the same concept. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole wiring aspect of what you're doing, I was I was big into like car stereos growing up when I was in high school and stuff. Um, would you, because I don't know shit about like the inside of pedals and all these electronics and stuff. <laughs> Would you equate any of that to like the same similar thing? You know, this wire, you're doing a lot of soldering too, Yeah, right? yeah, it's a lot. Um, yeah, there's some of there's some crossover there with like speakers and impedance especially and stuff yeah. like that and active versus passive speakers and um, how that works. But yeah, it's there's there's some crossover and I I am interested in those sort of things as well. Did, did you, like was your dad like doing a lot of electronic stuff or was this kind of just something that you just fell into? Um, my dad soldered a very little bit, certainly like not very much, not enough to really teach me, uh, thoroughly, but, um, I learned a lot from YouTube and from, <laughs> from word of mouth as yeah, well. Man, YouTube's like, a tool. YouTube is the college now. Man, 100%. if you can't do it and you watch like YouTube can teach you anything. You want to, you want to pave your driveway, go watch YouTube, you know? It's, you it's crazy what what it's become like the, yeah. the the television it's turned into you know um me and a a colleague of mine a buddy of mine uh who has a pedal company in town as well grant from big ear pedals uh we were watching some different some different youtube content because we love that kind of space and like the content space sure. and like you know how different people market or how different people yeah. be creative and make content and there was this dude this old guy who had a YouTube channel and it's all like lawn care and like, but not like for landscaping companies, like for you, the individual, like here's how you rake leaves. Right. One and a half million views. Yeah. Like on a tutorial on how to rake leaves efficiently. Right. Like people are like, I know I've been raking leaves wrong this whole time, Margaret. Yeah. I told you, (laughs) you got to rake this way. It's crazy. That's all it is. It's just him talking to a tripod camera, yeah. you know, and it's, you know. It's crazy, man. It's, I mean, 
I think our society at this point is like hungry for that content though. You know, um, it's, I mean, I keep equating everything back to music cause that's just, you know, what I do, but you know, that's like that real aspect of what you're doing and seeing somebody else do it and then understanding why they're doing it, how they're doing it, what effect it has by them doing it. Right. It's like, we're just so hungry for that right now. And like the self-taught era too. Um, I've talked a couple times, there was a guest on here, her name's Kelsey, Kelsey Ann Thomas, and she owns Hyper Design Studios, and um, she does design and stuff, and she was talking about how the, like, our generation is the, uh, like, the go-getter, like, the entrepreneur generation, like, do-it-yourself, and, you know, but so many older folks kind of talk badly about millennials, um, and I'm starting to learn, like, as I get older, we're also the type that, like, I've got one life to live. I'm not going to waste that shit on mm-hmm. things that, you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now, somebody's going to hand me, like, a pen or a watch because I gave them 50 years of my life at this company and they threw me, like, a party in the, in the you in know, the break the, room, the break whatever, room yeah. and we had totally. cupcakes and then that was it. And then I yeah. left and I'm like, damn, I give 40 years, 30 years of my life to something like this. So I, I definitely think it's, we're in that generation of, you know, we, we just want to go out and do stuff and, and be our own boss. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, you're doing it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> absolutely. No, I mean, I think it's, um, I think people have been capable of it before, but I think the fact that so much of the information is just free and out there and YouTube yeah. and blogs and yeah. you can just learn basically everywhere you look. Right. It's kind of just on you to like, am I going to knuckle down and watch 20 hours of how to set up lighting? You know, am yeah. I going to like, am I going to, am I going to do the work? That's what it kind of becomes a game of. It kind of, uh, you know, exposes us a little bit like that, but, yeah. uh, because it kind of comes down to like, am I hungry enough to find the information and to work it through and see it through to where I know how to do it? Yeah. Yeah. And the older generation, they also went through like so much stuff that we will never experience right, you know, yeah. in our lifetime. So I, I get why your mentality would be that way back then. They had so many, so much less opportunity, I think. Yeah, like, you absolutely. Know? Yeah. And it, it's easier now. You know? Absolutely. Um, you were talking about like actually taking the time to learn something and I was going to ask you because there's probably a lot of jobs that you do do with your pedals or do you fix guitars too on the side like just for the hell of it here and there like I'll probably get like one a month or so and it's usually like a friend of a friend and it's like something like my pot is scratchy I need yeah uh contact cleaner sprayed in it or like I want to try a different tone cap to see how that you know it's usually or it's usually like my intonation is weird I need to like adjust my saddles you know fuck with that and make it make it like play in tune it's usually some i don't really do like much neck stuff i don't refret or anything like that you know i don't don't make guitar nuts or anything like that but yeah basic very basic like soldering and like guitar setup yeah some stuff i do once in a while obviously it's it's probably super simple for you it's so simple compared to pedals yeah let's say in hindsight like just anybody is it pretty simple yeah why do you feel that a lot of musicians don't work on their own instruments or pedals or stuff like that. Um, I think a, they half the time they don't think they're capable when they've never tried. Yeah. It's like, don't sell yourself short. And like, yeah, if you, if you try it and you're like, and you, you know, I fucked it up. Destroy it. Like (laughs) actually destroy it, you know? And then I can uh, call you. (laughs) Yeah. Then, then it's something else. But like most people haven't had that experience yet. You know, most people have barely broken a string for sure. You know? So like, 
uh, I think most people don't think they can learn how to do it. And then, I don't know, I think some of it can just be intimidating and like, as like, depending on how much expensive your gear is or whatever, you know, like, yeah, um, I I can get that for sure. Yeah. Like I'm, if, if I have a Gibson Les Paul, I'm not working on my Les Paul probably, you know, like besides like tuning and intonation, yeah, stuff like changing the strings. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think there's. Um, I think, yeah, it's a combination of not thinking they're capable and be not looking up the information and right. like being willing to comb through six Google links on the first page and yeah. finding one that makes the most sense. Right. So what's, what's your typical day like, man? Do you like get up and I know you've, you know, you probably have like, okay, I need to do this today, but uh, do you go out and look for clients or do you go out and talk to other stores in town or is it strictly like, okay, I'm just going to work on these pedals. I hope I get another client tomorrow or something. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit of, um, it changes day to day so much. There's just like so many hats to the business to wear. But, uh, when I wake up, my, my day goes like I wake up, make coffee, uh, check my emails and DMs, check my text messages and get back to that. And basically, yeah. so like any of the leads or like any of, you know, questions that need to be answered or anything like that, I usually do in the morning. And yeah. then um, a big part of what I do is I make content uh, for Instagram, typically photos, like very occasionally videos. Um, but I do that every day. I make it a point yeah. to like do that. And um, it's crucial. Yeah. Not cause it's, yeah, not cause it's like my favorite thing to do, you gotta um, do but you got to do it and you got to be seen. And um, every single motherfucker is on their phone at all times, even yeah. the old people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Like, you gotta seriously. be consistent, Yeah, man. and it's like, so it's, uh, you know, it doesn't really make sense for me to, like, work really hard and try to get a TV spot, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's, it makes more sense for me to... So, uh, yeah, I make a lot of content, and that's that's what I do, and I think that helps sell things, but I think it also helps build the brand. Absolutely. And then... Because that's what it is. It's yeah, which brand. eventually ends up, you know, like, a post you make today could sell you something in a year and a half and i think people don't think about that or like um uh, you know for for a lot of my friends who do like mixing and producing you know um they're they don't always think about that like of like hey you know this track might be a nightmare to work on now but when it's done you know like they say they recommend it to somebody in a year and a half or two years and and you get work from it and right guess what? Since you've been doing it and hustling for two years, now you charge twice as much. Yeah. And now that's a big deal. Now it's a $900 gig instead of a $450 gig, you know, or whatever. And dude, it's, it's a never ending cycle because I mean, there's, when you get to that point in the industry, like anytime I'm going for a specific sound, I just dive into records and I'm like, okay, man, I really like this sound. Who's the producer? Who, who makes this? Like who's the engineers on this? And so you're exactly right. It could have, the album could have been done 10 years ago, you know, and I'm going to go look up whoever the fuck worked on it. Yeah, totally. So I can, you know, maybe I can potentially work with them. And you're in Nashville. So that person might literally live like a block from you. Yeah. Like that, that happens here. Like genuinely. All the time. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Yeah, man. What would you say, you know, because you're talking about the business side of things. I mean, what's, what's something that's kind of been like a stump for you on the business side of things to try to try to grasp and you know you're like oh, i could probably do better at that uh manufacturing is hard as hell that's <laughs> like genuinely and i think um it's not like you're selling a course or like a t-shirt that somebody else prints a logo on you know what i mean right. it's like it's a physical product it yeah. it's a bo- it's a metal box that has to be powder coated printed on drilled or cnc machined you know you, you have to have a 
a printed circuit board. You have to have somebody make that. Yeah. You have to put the parts in one at a time and solder them. You know? All the way down to the box. Yeah, all, you, there's there's a package that comes in. Yeah. You know, does it come in a velvet bag? It's gotta or, look or, nice. Exactly. Does know? it? Is there a sticker on the top? Is there? Is it screen printed? Yeah. The, manufacturing is like half of the game of the pedal world, in my opinion. It's yeah. like it's so much of the game. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy, man. I mean, because I feel like a lot of people don't think about that. Um, this is going to sound really freaking random, but it reminds me of like barbecue competitions or cooking competitions because so many people are so focused on the food and like what you're doing. A lot of people forget the presentation. Presentation's everything. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, they want to see all of it and it's the same thing. Like you go and buy an item, you bring it home. Like you're like, open it up. It's like Christmas, man. You want it to feel like that or Mm -hmm. else there's not going to be that personal you know, or you'd be like, oh, they didn't put much effort into this. And, but then you plug it up and it sounds amazing, you know? Yeah. But, uh, no, no kidding. No, that's, yeah, man, that's, that's one of those things. It's like, like I said, a lot of people I feel don't think about that and, or the social media stuff, man, or like marketing and all that crap. It's just like, God, man, it's, it's it's so much, but you got to do it. You got to do it. And I think part of it, that's, that kind of dissuades people from, you know, attacking it more head on is like, they're so caught up in how it gets perceived, you know, like, will it get enough likes? Will it generate the amount of leads that I want? It's you like know? you said, they're worried about now. They're worried about like right now, now when it's like about the branding and you want to yeah. like build it up. Like, right? It's not going to happen overnight. And you got to have longevity. You and do. the way you're going to have longevity is to keep doing that and sustainability. Just keep putting content out there. Yeah. I mean, I, man, I, I always do this in all these damn podcasts, but do you know, uh, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, of course. Yeah, man. Like I'm, I'm such a big huge fan. fan yeah, I'm such a huge fan because too. The guy <laughs> is so. It, I, I said this on the last one, but he's so like blunt and to the point, but he's right. Yeah, and he says like four things over and over yeah, again. I yeah. love that about him. And yeah, for me, and like some people, he says like he's got his haters, like everybody does. But for me, it's it's just a reminder. It's not that I'm learning anything new. It's just I like to listen to it and be like, damn, he's right. Like, yeah, I, I need to get back on doing that. I got away for a little bit. I need to do that again. Yeah, totally. Something he touches on that I really love, um, particularly in the content space, is the whole idea of, um, I think he calls it document, not create. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people are like caught up in like making art or making something look as beautiful as possible or like uh, particularly with like social media and like posts and stuff like that. And a lot of it, I think, comes down to people don't want to document and just show what they're up to because right. like, you know, a, they're like embarrassed of, you know, like we said of, of what other people think or B, they don't think it's interesting. Yeah. But like we, we talk about this all the time and like me and my friends, how it's like your life is interesting to other people. Yeah. It's an, it's not interesting to you because you live in your shoes every single day and <laughs> yeah. you've done this like a hundred times. Exactly. But it's interesting to other people, you know? Yeah. A, a dude raking leaves. It's interesting to <laughs> other people. Yeah, to someone who's never Millions raked. Millions li- of people. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And he's just living his truth and like living his life. Right. You know, and... He walked outside, picked up a rake and raked and filmed it. Yeah, <laughs> literally. It's like, this is what you do. And people are like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's wild, man. So your company is called AWOL, mm-hmm. right? Pedals. AWOL Pedals. And people can find it at... at- uh, yeah, at AWOL Pedals is like my handle for think like all my social media yeah. um facebook.com slash awol pedals instagrams at awol pedals my website is awolpedals.com there you go man and uh you're your only employee right yep just yep. me just you working working it out man killing every it single there. day 
So if anybody in town, tell all these musician cats where they can go find your pedals if they just want to go into a store and try them out. Absolutely. Uh, head over to uh, Eastside Music Supply. It's on Gallatin and Trinity um, in East Nashville. Um, they're usually pretty good about keeping my stuff in stock, and they're great guys, and they have literally every guitar pedal ever. It's insane. Yeah. Um, they're definitely the pedal shop in Nashville. There you go. What about uh, if somebody nationwide wanted to reach out to you, you'd suggest just anything like social media, Instagram, DM me? Instagram is always the move, I think, for me. Um, yeah. yeah, slip into my DMs. That's like the quick, <laughs> that's honestly the quickest way to, yeah. I was I was just talking about uh, this with a buddy of mine and how it's like, um, he's a little older than me. So like we have this like differentiation where I wake up to like a bunch of dms and like one email or two emails right and he wakes up to like a bunch of emails because <laughs> yeah, he's like 15 years or 10 years older than me yeah so he gets yeah. tons of emails and only a couple dms and Isn't it's like crazy it's very reflective of like you yeah, know our times. environment and who we are and absolutely um, man. how our personality comes out through our brand but yeah it's like dms are always the way um, i don't always get the stuff like the day of but it's without a doubt the quickest way i'm gonna see it yeah yeah and you ship nationwide ship nationwide and ship international as well there you go man well dude i appreciate you coming by Aaron. yeah it's thank been a you lot for of having fun, me man uh hopefully uh i'd love to try one of your pedals sometime yeah man. absolutely i should have brought some stuff by but yeah, we yeah. Could've, we could've. We'll, we'll figure it out yeah well awesome man thanks again yeah <laughs>